This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I would like to welcome you to an exciting new series I'm putting on each month in 2017. In the month of January, I'm going to go through 30 days to a better compliance program. So each day, I will detail some part of a compliance program that you can utilize to help you improve to have a best practices compliance program for 2017. With the operationalization of compliance mandated by the Department of Justice in the form of their compliance counsel, Wei Chin, and incorporated into the FCPA pilot program announced by the Department of Justice in April 2016, it's more important than ever that you upgrade your compliance program and show how you've operationalized. In this series, I'm going to help you do that. I hope you will enjoy this series. I hope you will join me, and I look forward to this journey with you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to day four of 30 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. Today, I want to focus on risk assessments. Although this is day four, in many ways, risk assessments may be the most important thing and most important part about your compliance program. And one can really not say enough about risk assessments, as the Department of Justice has certainly focused on them since at least 1999 and prior to that time. And indeed, the FCPA guidance says the assessment of risk is fundamental to developing a strong compliance program, and it is another factor the government uses when assessing a company's compliance program. The reason is straightforward. If you cannot define, plan for, and identify your risk, you can't have a compliance program to uh, prevent, detect, and remediate from it. So what uh, should you assess? Well, the um, FCPA guidance says that factors to consider include risk presented by country and industry sector, the business opportunity, potential business partners, levels of involvement with government, amount of government regulation and oversight, exposure to customs and immigration and conducting business affairs. Another way to look at it is uh, a five-factor analysis. One is company risk, two is country risk, three is sector risk, four is transaction risk, and five is business partner risk. So let me go into each one of those in a little more detail. In company risk, high-risk companies involve some of the following characteristics. Private companies with close share, shareholder, closed shareholder groups, large and diverse and complex groups with a decentralized management structure, an autocratic top management, a company with prior history of compliance issues or ethical lapses, and then, of course, poor marketplace perception. In country risk, this involves uh, countries with a high reported level or perception of corruption, and here you can think of the Transact Transparency International Corruption Perception Index, but there are a wide variety of uh, other indices that have uh, incorporated additional factors than simply the perception of corruption into their uh, evaluations. Uh, but what's the country risk? And these, I think, are uh, something that's, that's pretty well known. But sec and the number three, sector risks. Uh, this area involves uh, 
commercial operations which require a significant amount of government licensing or permitting to do business in a country. So typically you would think of things like the extractive industries, mining, um, energy, uh, oil and gas service companies related to uh, mining and energy, large-scale infrastructure uh, businesses, companies. Here you might think of uh, the recent uh, worldwide global settlement with Odebrecht, uh, construction company. Telecom companies have come to uh, significant FCPA grief over the past multiple years. Pharmaceutical, medical device, and healthcare companies. Uh, one, uh, the uh, FCPA enforcement landscape is literally littered with uh, these types of companies. And of course, the reason is that outside the United States, uh, every healthcare service provider is a foreign government because they're all state-owned enterprises. And then the, uh, the most recent is financial services. Uh, we had a couple of uh, significant FCPA enforcement actions involving financial services companies from 2016. Oxif leads uh, the case, but also um, J.P. Morgan came in, and we're probably going to have multiple other financial services organizations uh, because they have all put... Uh, us on notice that they're under uh, investigation. And the reason is they're dealing with sovereign wealth funds, which, of course, are state-owned enterprises. Transaction risk. What's the, uh, the risk of your transaction? Is it a high-reward project? Does it involve multiple contractors or other third-party intermediaries? Or is it a transaction which, frankly, does not appear to have a legitimate object? And then finally, third-party risk. Um, this is generally recognized as one of the highest risk categories. Anytime you use third-party representatives in transactions with foreign governments, with consortium partners, or in relationships with uh, politically exposed persons. After you perform uh, the actual assessment um, or figure out what you're going to look at, how should you assess your risks? And you can do this in a variety of ways. Uh, you can do things as easily or straightforward as personal interviews, telephone interviews of key employees, surveys, questionnaires of, of uh, employees, employee surveys, uh, review of historical compliance information such as due diligence files for key third parties. Uh, you can take a deeper dive into high-risk countries or high-risk business areas. Um, you can put together uh, rudimentary risk scoring systems uh, for things to uh, uh, evaluate. And that, of course, leads to how do you evaluate a risk assessment? Well, you need to remember, first of all, that this is going to be a forced ranking because there is no one risk ranking that is utilized. It's the risks applicable to your organization and uh, your business model. So once you force rank those risks, that becomes your uh, risk ranking. And you can have uh, high risk, you can have medium risk, you can have low risk, and you use that forced risk ranking to then uh, take a look at the policies and procedures and any potential remediation you might have. So in many ways, the assessment component is the, if not the most easy or easiest, it's the most straightforward because it is, once again, a forced risk ranking. So what are the three key takeaways from day four on risk assessments? 
Well, the first is that you need to assess the risks associated with your company. Uh, obviously, Exxon's going to have different risk from uh, Pfizer, who's going to have different risk from Oxif, and you name the company on down. It is the touch points you would have with foreign government officials that you need to focus on. If that's a company that you're doing business with, if it's in a country, if it's in the specific sector, uh, whatever those touch points are, but you need to focus on the risks uh, applicable to your business. Second, the documentation of, and admit it, you knew I was going to say this, the document, document, document part of how you assess your risk. You've got to be able to show the regulators your risk assessment protocol and then flowing from there, the results therefrom. And then number three, how do you evaluate your evaluation of your risk assessment? Do you have a forced ranking that allows you to then utilize that as a roadmap going forward? So with those three points in mind, uh, I hope that uh, you'll be able to uh, move forward with your risk assessment. It is the cornerstone, excuse me, it is the foundation, rather, of how you think through what you need to do to test, evaluate, and then manage your risks going forward, because only you know the risks applicable to your organization. And so if you have a method and manner in which you have looked at these, and then you have a manner and method of which you've evaluated that look, and then you have a manner and method by which you have implemented the remediation or perhaps even more appropriate, the management of those risks going forward. That's what the government wants to see. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to day four of 30 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.